for those who are resistant to spiritual involvement in psychology, they had to come up with an origin for those thoughts. Mm. They had to find out where do those kind of thoughts come from. And the only thing they could narrow it down to is your deep subconscious. And they had people scared and they still do. I'll get clients who will share such thoughts with me and with their head in hand on the verge of tears, they'll say, what's wrong with me? And I'm all, what what do you mean? And I have to remember that if they haven't been taught spiritual psychology, someone probably told them that that thought came from deep within their Freudian subconscious and they secretly want to kill their own child. Yeah, that's what we're up against if we're dealing with non-spiritual psychologists. And so please, I beg of you, do not give yourself credit for those crazy thoughts. Now, I don't know what it was like during Christ's time or during the pioneer days, but they talked regularly about an experience called being possessed. And I'm convinced that we all experience a various range of that experience, whether it's a moment of, and you're like, and you're kind of lose consciousness for a second. You're like, what just happened? Like that thought that just hit me. And I'm like shocked by the chemicals that came with it. And if it goes away and just is only chemical for a little while, and it's kind of the whole panic experience, the trauma response, the triggering response lingers. With women, we often see torment. With men, we often see temptation, but it can go both ways. All right. There are times when you're actually in danger and you need to respond to that, but there are times when it is exaggerated or make believe and it's really hard. My thought is always. Uh, retreat to safety first and then check to see. But if you know right off the bat, that's that's off the charts. That is whack. It's It's a challenging theme to be attentive to because on the one hand, when you're dealing with extremely skilled demons, each of us should be aware of those times when it takes us three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes to catch them. It is not entertaining demons if it takes time to catch them. There's almost a, you know, when you talk to someone who's a a pornography addict or someone in that world that goes off in that direction, there's a high that comes with smoking that drug for longer periods of time for entertaining it. So, and there's all the other ones, like those who were entertained by the thrill of being um, possessed, whatever they want to call it. For you, if you're here, it's really important to me that if you're in this meeting, the likelihood of you being someone who entertains such things is minimal. But don't don't assume that when someone's doing that, it's not a real thing. It's a real thing. But make sure you're being very attentive to what's going on in your own head. Stay by the tree in your own experience when you're not sure what's going on with somebody else. If you can't tell whether or not someone else is inspired This is one of the main themes we've been reviewing over and over again for the first eight chapters of Nephi. And that is people who follow God are going to have ideas that stretch your comfort zone. They're going to have ideas that are different than normal. You must stay by the tree to get the proper second witness as to whether or not to follow them or disconnect from them. I'm confident this is exactly what was going on for the people, for all of us in the pre-mortal existence when we had Satan describing his plan. And the son following, describing his plan, that it takes very engaged observation and paying attention to make sure you don't get pulled off in the wrong direction. So just keep yourself by the tree, create your rituals, find the ones that work best. Um, I'm reminded of a client that I've been seeing for about a year now. And 
He's very engaged in self-improvement and personal development, but he really wants to follow God. But there's a little glitch to the way he works with me is when he's asked God a question and he's reviewed it with God for some time, he feels really strongly about a conclusion he's come to, but then he asks me the same question. And then he watches me really closely to see if I'm flinching or something like that. And he see it says, um, it seems like you're hesitant on that idea, Maurice. And I'm all, I, I've got some uh, response. You're like, I'm not really comfortable with someone asking me a question that they've already gotten the answer to from God. Like uh, you really want to make sure you are being led by God, but then you're asking me. And then as he's telling me, his conversations with others. He's also asked his sister-in-law. He's asked his aunt. He's ran it past his old bishop. He's ran it past his family, his uh, home teacher. And I'm all, no wonder you're not sure if you're following God. If you're uh, trying to communicate with him and you're still asking lots of people. And I'm all, why does he keep asking me these questions? And what occurred to me, um, when I'm all, why don't I feel obligated? I don't, I don't run. When I feel inspired by God, I don't, run around asking six or seven people if I'm getting it right. And I hadn't realized one of the greatest advantages to my two years as a missionary in Detroit is all the time I wasn't talking to anyone, all the time that there was no one there to share my ideas with. And the only person to talk to was God. And I, as I thought about it, I did ask him like multiple times on the same subject. Are you sure it's like this? Two days later, are you sure it's like this? Three days later, I don't know, man. Are you sure it's like this? Three more days. Um, I'm thinking about that thing again. Are you sure it's like this? And he's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and so if you're having that experience where you're still in the, it's not quite solid yet and you're still nurturing it and it's still kind of a desire to believe and you're not at the knowledge phase. Um, I thought he was going to get impatient with me and I kind of assumed he was, but in retrospect, he never got impatient with that process. He's all, yep, that's still true. Three days later. Are you sure? Uh, yep, that's still true. Three more days. Are you sure today? Yes, Maurice, I'm sure today. That's still true. So what the people around me at Life Changing Services um, have seen is there's a pretty distinct difference between Maurice when he's exploring an idea and when he knows something. Okay, some of you have seen how when I'm over here, I'm going, let's talk about this. Let's think about this. Let's talk about this. And then every once in a while, I'll go, and I'll just slam. This is it. This is what we're doing. This is how it's going to be. This is solid. Oh, okay. Those are the areas where I've already reviewed with God 20 times, and I'm not asking for any human opinion. It's not because I think I'm right. It's just that I'm right. Okay? And it's not because I think I'm right. It's because I know the principle is right.